Amen. Let's start off and let's, let's stretch our hands towards the youth service. And so that'd be that direction. And let's pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, for our teenagers tonight, for the junior high, the high schoolers, may the Spirit of God move mightily in their service. Thank you for the anointing of God on Pastor PJ and his leaders that they would be filled and led to do your will and plan. May every mind of every and every heart be opened wide to receive the grace and word from heaven. May they all be open to follow your perfect will and plan all the days of their lives. We thank you for rain, rain from above, rain from heaven on their service. May they be lit up and stirred up and fired up for your kingdom, for your glory, for your purposes. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for moving in their service tonight. Amen, amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just take a moment and, and let's, just, uh, let's just worship God for, for a minute. Is that all right with everybody? You don't need to stand up. Just, uh, just uh, stand up on the inside. <laughs> amen. Let's just worship Him. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence. Oh, for your goodness. Thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for a demonstration of your love. Oh, for your goodness draws all men to repentance. Lord, your goodness, you're so good to us. So gracious, so forgiving, so faithful unto a thousand generations. Oh, your mercies are renewed every morning. We worship you. We honor you. We bless your holy name. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you and worthy of praise. Worthy to be magnified and glorified and exalted and lifted high. <laughs> we praise you. We glorify your name. We worship you in this house. Be lifted up. Be magnified. Father, be the only one we see. The only one we're aware of. We want to be so very aware and conscious of your indwelling and abiding presence every day of our lives. So we worship you tonight. We set our gaze. We fix our focus. We set our hearts and our minds only, only on you. Only on you. You're so good. So good to us. So gracious, so worthy of our praise. We praise you and magnify your name. We praise you and glorify your name. We honor you. We say, seek your kingdom first. We set our hearts on you. Lord, we worship you. We honor you. We bless your name. So good, so good, so good. So worthy, so wonderful, so gracious so good. We worship you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We honor and bless your name. Praise to you, Lord. Praise to you. Glory to your name forever. Glory to your name forever. Glory and honor and power and wisdom and might and majesty. Oh, we bless your holy name. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We honor and lift you high. The name of the Lord Jesus, may it be lifted high, high, exalted to its rightful place. We honor you. We bless your name. So good, so good, so good, so good, so good you are. We bless you. We worship you. We honor and praise you. Magnify your holy name. 
Glory to you. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. In our service tonight, in our hearts, in our lives, be magnified and be glorified. We praise you and worship you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We praise your name. <laughs> we praise your name. We call upon your name. Hallelujah. And you answer us. We call upon your name and we are saved. We call upon your name and you show us great and mighty things. We call upon your name. The name of the Lord. The name above every name. The name that is the, the name above every name. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The worship, we worship you, Lord, faithful and true. We praise you. We magnify you. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, the Lord is good. Now, I'm just going to uh, make myself stop for a minute because if you get going, uh, it's a good problem, but sometimes it's hard to stop. Now, if you don't know that flow yet, I want you to learn that flow because the Lord will help you to praise Him and to worship Him. You know, and, and so many people, they only worship out of their mind, meaning they know, they know how to read the words on the screen and sing the song. And, uh, and that's fine, and that's good, and that works, but that's not the only way to, to enter. In fact, doing what we just did, if you engage yourself and don't let your mouth stop for a while, I mean, there's a time and a place to listen and wait, don't get me wrong, but if you don't let your mouth stop for a while, you'll find it'll, it'll connect to your spirit, and then you will start praising by the spirit. Oh, and it gets so good. And you really get to a place where the momentum is there, and it's like, oh, it's harder to stop than start now. I remember uh, quite a few years ago, we were up snow skiing, and, and our oldest daughter, Whitley, was uh, skiing, and I don't remember how old she was, but pretty young. You know, wasn't, she was just learning. And so we'd take her. I didn't believe in spending all day on the bunny hill even with learning kids. And I can remember this one run over on, on Bogus, uh, at Bogus Basin. And so we get going, and I'm thinking, you know, cause she's doing good, and, and we're skiing there, and thinking, be nice, leisurely trip down, because you got her. But she wouldn't turn. <laughs> you know, you want, you want kids at that age, and they're learning to get control, to kind of make huge, big sweeping turns just to control their speed. But then there goes Whitley. <laughs> I mean, and then she's like sitting down. <laughs> Straight down. And I couldn't catch her. <laughs> you know, I'm going as fast as I can while trying to maintain control myself. And uh, she's screaming. She can't stop. And uh, anyway, she... I can remember her getting into a spot where it's, you know, again, it's more difficult to stop than it is to start because <laughs> you get your skis pointed down and once you get going, your momentum and gravity and everything else, um, until something gets in the way, meaning either a rack or you get to the bottom, you know, and it kind of levels out, uh, you're just going to keep going. And uh, when it comes to spending time with the Lord and worshiping Him, that's actually a good problem. Well, see, what happened? Why'd you guys go so long? I don't mean we're trying to go long or anything, but you know, what, why'd you guys go so long? Well, we got gone and we couldn't stop it. 
You know, we got to praising the Lord, and, and after a while, it was, like, it was more difficult to stop than it was to start. See, our, one of our goals, though, is to get to that place. Yeah? Get to that place where it's like, oh, this is nice. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And it's like, what should I do now? Should I run? Or should I, should I just shout? Should I get on my face? Should I, what should, oh, it's so good. The presence of the Lord is desirable. Amen. Let, let, me, let me talk to you a little bit further. If you have a Bible with you, uh, find with me the book of Luke. Booka, the book of Luke, book of Luke, chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. And um, well, we could read the whole story, but we don't have to. We'll just read in verse 47. Luke 7:47 Therefore I say to you her sins you can read the context about that her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loves little Now now, now think about it for a minute the the concept of loving God loving the Lord do you notice it's possible for someone to love a lot or for someone to love a little? If we were to ask you, well, do you love the Lord? You know, I think probably majority of us would say, oh yeah, oh yes, I love the Lord. Well, how much do you love him? Would that be a valid question? I know it's hard to answer that, hard to quantify, but it, would it be a valid question to say, you know, do you love them a lot? Do you love them a little? And that would be a, a potential uh, reality that maybe we love them a little or maybe we love them a little bit more and maybe we love them more than we used to and maybe we love him less than we used to. Would that be possible? You're not sure. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, but but to, to love God or to not love God, uh, apparently it's not an all or nothing. You can love him to different degrees. Amen. And, and so, uh, obviously, he connected this to um, when a person knows that they're forgiven, they tend to have more love for, for, for God. How would one know? How would you measure your own love for him? Uh, is it how much you say it? I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I just love. How would you measure if you wanted to diagnose your own love for God life? Uh, how would you know? Well, look over at uh, the book of John. John chapter 14. John 14 and verse 21. John 14, 21. Jesus speaking here, still, still, still speaking in red letters. He said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. All right? So how, how can I know? 
I, I mean, I guess then I could measure your love for God. You could measure my love for God if we were, you know, around each other for a sufficient time to observe our manner of life in various contexts. So how would you know how much someone loved God? By how much they did what he said. If I go through my life and the words of the Lord don't matter much to me, if what he says does not have a direct impact on my beliefs, on my behaviors, then you could conclude that I don't love the Lord, at least not very much. In other words, I may, it may be that I love me a lot, or I love my way, or I love my tradition, or I love the way I've always thought, the way I've always lived. I may love the things of this world, right? But you wouldn't say that I love the Lord if I didn't take the Lord's words so very seriously where I say, as soon as I hear, as soon as I know what, what the Lord said, every other preconceived notion that I have about what I should do, how I should live, how I should think, that goes out the window. Yeah? Y'all real quiet tonight. So I'm just trying to find out if I love the Lord. <laughs> a little or a lotle. <laughs> but Jesus said that. This is how you know. If you, if, you, if you have his commandments and you keep them. So what if I don't know what they are? Well, he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them. So someone who loves the Lord seeks out what he thinks. If I really love God, I'm pursuing what he wants. I want to know what he has to say about my, my life, my choices, my future. I, I'm, I'm seeking after that. If someone said, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the Lord wants me to live any different or think any different or do anything different in my life. Or are you, are you asking him? Are you seeking? Okay. If you love him, you absolutely are. All right. If you don't love him, if I don't love him, I'm not paying attention. I'm just getting up and doing my thing. I get up and do my breakfast and do my shower and do my job and do my life and do my hobbies. And, and uh, if I'm saved, I may, you know, get into church now and then to love God a little, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm not seeking after him. I'm not asking, Lord, what would you have me to do? Well, what, 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 what would you want me to do? You have, you have a purpose for my life, a plan. How would you ha like me to do my life? Everybody okay today? See, when you love God, you ask that question. So I haven't been asking that question. Well, then, then, that's a choice we make. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? Who, what should I pray about? It might sound funny, but when we do prayer meetings, I always have to pray before the prayer meeting to find out what to pray about. <laughs> I mean, if I'm praying with others, if I'm just praying on my own, then it's all about the, the prayer is the prayer. But if I'm praying with others and I'm leading a prayer group, it's like, well, I have to pray ahead of time to find out what to pray about. But when you love God, it's a natural, it's a natural thought process. Very natural. Lord, what do you think about this? Maybe you're going to make a big purchase. Lord, what do you think about this? Is this good? Is this all right? Is this the right time? I've got the money. Should I spend it? It's a natural thing for a believer who loves the Lord to seek his counsel in all things. Yeah? And this is how we know how much we love him. 
Amen. Praise God. And so this is something that is, it can be misplaced, our love for God. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not teaching the message. You could teach another message that says our love for him starts with him loving us. So true. I'm not approaching it. I'm not dealing with that side of, uh, of this right now. Yeah. But this is something that can often be lacking in believers' lives. And here's what I'm talking about. They serve the Lord, even though maybe mentally no better, but we serve the Lord out of obligation or even out of habit. And I'd rather have that habit than a bad habit, okay, to keep things in perspective. But serve the Lord out of uh, ritual. This is what I do. And with many and probably... quite a few of us have experienced this at different points, and hopefully we've gotten past that. But you can get into a mode where you begin to value your beliefs as a system, your beliefs as a theology, your beliefs as being right over a wrong belief. And that belief system and that structure replaces love for God. And I don't mean to imply that believing right and believing things that are true and having an accurate theology are not important. Those things are are big in my book. But I would rather, I I have to pause and hesitate so you'll know what I mean by this. I, I, I hesitate at this next statement, but you'll see how it can be a conflict. I would rather be wrong about a few things and have a deep and profound love for God than to be right about everything, meaning my theology, my understanding of Scripture, my, than be right about everything and be dry and be passionless and, and, and lack the living relationship. See why that's hard? Because, you know, I'm a teacher and, and I value being right. I absolutely don't want to misrepresent the Lord in any way. I don't want to twist the scripture in any way. So that's why I'm like, oh, can I say this? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to say it. I'm saying I'd rather be wrong about a few things and have a deep love for God. What happens when we lack that? When we, 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 we leave that passionate relationship, that, that fire on the inside where I just want to spend time with, I just want to lift my hands and praise God and get caught up in his presence, caught up in the experience of his love and his embrace. Uh, when we lack that, but yet, bless God, we can quote the verse, we can argue our position, we can, le- we can, we can say why this person's wrong and this person's right. See, that becomes uh, arrogant. We can become proudful prideful. Um, and, and, and again, I value the word. I want to be right, but I want to be in love with Jesus. Yeah? And here's something we don't want. We don't want to get to the point where, where we lack that. Is it possible to get to a point, even in your Christian life, where you go through the motions? And the motions are good, they're good motions, you know. They're good activities, but they lack the zeal. They lack the fire. Have you ever had that happen? 
you know, it's possible for, for those in leadership, in ministry. It's possible for people who do what I do to learn how to do it and you can keep working the system and outwardly everything looks fine but inwardly, you know, it's dry and it's just motions. One thing you don't want in life is to go, is to be a part of a church where, where, the, where the leaders or those speaking, those ministering to you have lost the personal love for God themselves. Even if they have great theology, even if they're, they do a lot of things right, but they lack the personal thing because eventually that's what we follow. And then you could eventually have a whole group of people who, man, they can lay it out. They can tell you the way it is. But when they close their eyes and lift their hands, they're just, they're thinking about something else. Hmm? Close their eyes and lift their hands and, yeah, hope they go to a different song. <laughs> okay, that can happen once in a while. It'd be okay. <laughs> but I mean, we become overly overly concerned about the externals instead of inwardly moved by, I get to spend time with the Lord. Amen. Amen. How many parents would like to have your kids grow up not just with learning the Word and having some good foundation there, but even more so than that, they come at it and they're just deeply on fire for God. Listen, guys, there's a big difference in, uh, and this is by observation, so you can say this is whatever, somewhat judging or something like that, but you'll get the point. Uh, to see someone worship God, it moves me to see someone worship God, and it's like they're almost jumping out of their skin, meaning you to, to watch them. It's in their face, in their pores, it's in their hands. It's like if they could jump out of their body and hug the Lord, they would. And it's like they're trying. Huh? As opposed to, and again, this might sound judgmental, but you'll see the point. Uh, as opposed to just kind of, you know, just sing the song and praise the Lord. and pray. There's just never any kind of passion, any kind of fire or excitement that is, that is visible. Huh? I, I, can, I can remember. I, I, still have, I still have images of, of back when I was ministering to teenagers years ago and seeing, uh, I, I have these, these pictures in my mind of kids that were 12 and 13 years old sitting on the front row. And I don't mean to imply that all of them all were always like this. They weren't. Some of them were buttheads. <laughs> But, uh, but I have, have memories of kids just praising God and just almost jumping out of their little bodies, just so magnifying Him. And I thought, I, I can still see it. It's like, that is amazing. That is beautiful. These kids, I mean, back in those days, we didn't have the iPhones and all that kind of stuff. But still, kids have always been into video games and all kinds of stuff. And here they are. It looks like they would rather, they would not want to be anywhere but right here as we're worshiping God together. It's, it's beautiful. Listen, if it's attractive to 
me as, and other leaders, think what it looks like in heaven. I'm saying, the Lord is saying, oh yeah, come on. I remember uh, during those, uh, some of those years, uh, one day, because um, I, I would do a lot of stuff, lead the worship and preach the message and design the graphics. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of, lot, and, and one day we were, we were getting ready for camp and I, well, it was several months ahead. Uh, we needed to make a brochure. And so I thought, what would be a good picture? And I thought, well, kids with their hands up and like a group of people worshiping God, that'd be like a good background, you know, that we can write stuff over, over the top. And, and, and so I thought, I'm looking through pictures. I don't have any good ones, you know. They're, so I thought, well, we'll stage it. And so I got to some of the youth together. I said, hey, I need a picture of you guys praising God for the camp brochure. And so I said, now get in tight, you know, because it wasn't like a whole room of them. It was just, uh, I had a handful of the kids. I said, get in tight and li lift your hands like you're praising God. <laughs> and uh, and we, they did that for like two seconds and they, and, and they were like, no, we can't do this for fake. We have to do it for real. And, 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 and so uh, they, I said, okay, good, good. Just stay tight. Now go. And they just started shouting and praising God, hands in the air. But they didn't want to fake it. It was just the real thing. And I got a good picture, and we had camp. <laughs> we all lived happily ever after. Um, but I want to encourage you. Uh, I don't know where you are in your, in your spiritual life right now. And uh, we're probably all over the map, really, if we were all to identify it. But we can love God to different levels, and we can also take it up. Yeah? Look over at Romans, uh, Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. And verse 11. Verse, so you, you see, you can read all the verses, be kind, be affectionate to one another, give them a lot of instructions. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence. And then it says, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent, this is instruction, how, how should we be? Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. How, how, should, how should I serve the Lord? There should be fervency to it. All right. Some different translations talk about being um, uh, aglow, being on f words like on fire, that kind of stuff. This is the way to serve the Lord. All right. If that's the right way to serve Him, to be fervent in spirit, then I guess if I were to endeavor to serve the Lord in a way that lacked the fervency, that just tells me I'm doing it wrong. Um, it tells me the Lord didn't intend for a relationship with him to be that way. And so it's hard to live a, it's hard to live for the Lord in that manner. It works when you go for it. I think I used this illustration recently. I understand um, football coaches will tell young kids when they hit to hit hard. You know, to, to block, to tackle, to, you know, to, to do it all the way. Because if they don't hit them all the way, they're going to get hurt. There's something about going for it, going all in with it when they don't get hurt. 
There's something about serving the Lord and about worshiping Him and having a heart and a love for God. If you do it all the way, you don't get hurt. If you do it part way, the devil will mess with you all day long because of your, your weak relationship. What's the right way to serve him? Fervency. Be on fire. Be lit up. Be, uh, don't, just, don't just be right. Love him. Develop in your life a deep, deep love for God to where you can't wait. I, I, I know I can, I can identify times in my life where this was stronger than others. But I can absolutely tell you, there seems during certain periods that, that stand out to me in my life where I couldn't wait to close my eyes and lift my hands. There he is. Wait, well, there he is. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory. Just so real. And that's what this relationship ought to be. Praise God. You remember, uh, go to Acts. Acts, uh, first part of it, uh, Acts chapter 4. Uh, one of the things that was noted about the early apostles. And, you know, they had the miracle at the gate, beautiful. And then they were, these guys were being threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus. And, and Peter was, you know, one of these guys who used to put his foot in his mouth all the time and, 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 and say some things. And he would you know, yield to God one minute and yield to the devil the next minute. And then he denied the Lord. And then he walked, on, you know, out of order here, but he walked on water. And, and so he's kind of all over the map. And, and, and then he get, and, and then day of Pentecost comes and he gets filled with the Spirit, speaks with tongues. And all of a sudden he turns into a preacher's preacher. And boldness rises up in him. The same guy that was denying the Lord just a few days before, now he's preaching with boldness and fire. And it tells me what the Spirit of God can do to us and, and how we give place to Him. He fills us up and we act like we would never act without Him. There's a fire there. And here's what it says in verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men and, and, and they marveled. In other words, why are these guys so good? <laughs> what is happening here? Look at how they're acting. And, and, and they didn't have the education that they would have expected for them to be so good. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. What didn't, what didn't they realize? They didn't realize, oh, we were wrong. They've spent 40 years studying theology and, and uh, no they realized they had been with Jesus. Has anybody ever realized that we've been with Jesus? Man, I sure hope so. But here's what I hope before people ever realize that we've been with Jesus, that we will be with Jesus. <laughs> and that their realization comes from a real truth that, that we are highly impacted. Do we know everything? No. No. Do, do we always say it all right? No, we try. We try to say it the best way we can. Try to, uh, you know, be right. But the overwhelming um, influence upon our lives is we're with the Lord and it's identifiable. Praise God. Praise God. Look at one more. Everybody ready for another one? Uh, go to your favorite verse and I'll see if that's it. Uh, 
Go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. I, I remember a while back, um, I, a pastor friend of mine, they, I, I saw somewhere that they had people in his church, they had, I get, they had made t-shirts or something about their church, and one of the sayings on their shirt was, I love my church. And, and, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se, for people to love their church. There's a lot of worse things you can love. Uh, but of course, you know, when you're good friends, you harass each other. Like good friends do, they joust. And he said, and I said, hey, I see you got those shirts for your people. I love my church. I said, we got shirts in our church. It says, we love Jesus. <laughs> and so, and uh, so even though, again, I'm not opposed to, to that saying, whatever, but let it be more important in, on a serious note that we do love the Lord more than we love the church. That the relationship, because that, what, what, what's the difference there? Well, sometimes you can just slip into legalism, slip into ritualism, slip into this is a, a habit, maybe a good habit, but still subpar to I'm serving the Lord because I love him. Because I'm thankful that he gave me eternal life. Because I'm thankful that he showed me mercy and kindness. So why do you go to church like on Sundays and on Wednesdays? Well, hopefully the answer is not, well, I kind of feel bad if I don't. <laughs> hopefully the answer is not, you know, something like, hopefully the answer is, I, I, I just love the Lord. You know, I just want more of Him. I want to spend time with Him. I want to grow closer. I want to, you know, and there's other good motives, serving and giving and praying, and there's other good motives, but I just think this is right there at the top. Why do we do what we do? I love the Lord, and I think He wants me to be there. I was talking to him. Do you want me to go? He said yes. And because I believe he wants me to go, I want to. I think it would make him happy if I was there. And because I love him more than I love my life, more than I love the things of this world, more than I love anything else, I'm just going to do it. Amen? Praise God. See, if that's our driver... Man, it makes it so much better. It makes the experience real. Praise God. Did you find Revelation? I didn't. Where is it? Is it, it? Revelation. The last book. There it is. I found it. Revelation 3 and verse 15. 3.15. Now, now, this is Jesus talking here. So, it's Jesus talking to John, and, but he's given a message to these churches. And so, verse 14, he's the angel uh, of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things uh, says the, uh, the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15, I know your works that you are neither hot or neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, 
I will vomit you out of my mouth. All right, that's kind of gross. But I want you to think about it. This, this city, actually, uh, that he was writing to, the, so the Christians, the church in this city, where it was located, was in a place that didn't have its, its own natural water source. Okay? There was a, a city, uh, which was it? Mm, I forget. Uh, about a, but it was, there was a city in one direction about 11 miles or so, that had, it was at the base of a mountain, might have been Ephesus, uh, uh, out at the base of a mountain, and so they had a constant supply of cool water, cold water. How many think cold water is a good thing? You go some places in the country, you know, you turn on the tap, and the water's not cold. How weird is that? We get good cold water, you know, when you turn on the tap. Anyway, uh, and so this, this other city had good cold water. And on the other side, or to a di- in a different direction, there was another city um, that had like mineral um, hot springs. They had, they had hot water there. And that's of great value too. Hot water can be very helpful. But they had to import their water. And so in this city that he's writing, they had a visual understanding when, when the Lord said, I want you to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. They said, yeah, lukewarm stinks. <laughs> they lived in the city of lukewarm water. It wasn't really cold by the time it got there, and it wasn't really hot by the time they got there. It was lukewarm. And so you could use the cold water for some real good purposes, and you can use the hot water for some real good purposes, but by the time it was lukewarm, eh, it wasn't useful for very much. And this is what the Lord is telling them. You guys, your, your spiritual relationship is lukewarm. You're not, you're not useful for much. I know sometimes people say, well, the Lord would rather have you uh, to fully accept him or fully reject him. I, that's not what he wants. He, he wants everyone in. He's not desirous of anyone to be rejecting of the Lord. But he wants all of us to be useful to him. And what can happen in, in relationships is if we magnify some of the... the uh, the habits, some of the traditions, some of the rituals, and we go through the motions, we do the thing. If we magnify that above our love life with him, the fellowship and relationship with him, we get to a place where we're not really useful to him. We're not. Because this whole thing was built on and established upon relationship. From the very beginning, God created man and he walked with him in the cool of the day. He, he wanted fellowship. He, he didn't create Adam and Eve to, so he could get a job done. I need some things done, so I'm going to make myself some workers. He made, him for, he made us for a relationship. And thank God through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, we can be brought back into that place. Now, it's true the Lord has jobs for us and assignments for us, but they come after or they come out of the place where we stay in love with him. And if we're not in love with him, it wrecks everything. Man, your water's stinking lukewarm. If you look down just a couple verses... uh, Let's see. Verse 20. Behold, or look, I stand at the door and knock. 
if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, so, sometimes we look at a verse like that and we start to think of people who are lost. And we start to think, well, yeah, that's people who are not saved. And the Lord is knocking at the door of their heart saying, invite me in so, 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 so you can be born again. But how many recognize that he's writing to a church, so he's talking to born again people? He's talking to individuals who have already received salvation and yet paints a picture here of him standing on the outside of the house saying, hello, uh, anybody in there? Hello, I'd like to come in. And so that, that paints a real image of what exists in the life of some believers. And we can all go there if we don't watch out. We get caught up in things. And before you know it, we're, we, we still look Christian. We still look saved. But Jesus is on the front porch. What does he want? He just wants to hang out. He just wants to come in and fellowship. What does he want? He wants to come in and dine. He wants to have a meal. He wants this to be relational. Uh, this, this is the fix. This is just for a few verses later. Fix to the lukewarm life. If I'm lukewarm, what do I need? I need to invite the Lord back in. I need to invite him in and spend time with him. And, and as I spend time with him, I get lit up again. I, the fire comes back, my love for him increases, and then I will care what he says, and I will want to do what he wants me to do, but it comes from a place, not like, here I go again, I got to do what the Lord, I don't want to do it, do what the Lord says to do. No, I love the Lord, and I'll do whatever he says, and I want to do what he says, and if I don't know what he wants me to do, I want to find out what he wants me to do. Why? Because I love the Lord. He's been so good to me. Amen. Amen. So spending time, spending time in his, in, in his presence, spending time in fellowship with him helps to reignite, light the fire once again. And so we become useful to him. But without that relationship being first, we miss it. Amen. Father, thank you for working in our hearts tonight. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we listen to your voice. What you say matters to us. We hear you. Father, I pray that our relationships would not grow cold. Father, I pray that Jesus would not be on the outside knocking, trying to get in. But may he be the center. May he be the focus. May he be the reason that we do all that we do. The reason we pray, the reason we sing, the reason we gather, the reason we give, the reason we serve. Father, for those who have drifted who may they may be doing the right things at least to some degree but they've lost the fire they've lost the the passion their love for you 
Maybe they're doing just going through the motions. Draw them back to yourself right now, I pray. Draw them by your spirits. Bring them back into a place where they, your voice is real. Where your ways are, are so real to them. They hear your voice once again. And they worship you out of a willing heart. Out of a joyous desire. To be with you and just be thankful. Just be grateful. Thank you for moving on hearts tonight. Stirring them. For moving us back into a place where these things are made real and made alive. May it be said of us that we've been with Jesus. So we praise you tonight. We magnify your name. We give you glory and honor. Thanksgiving. With all of our hearts we do. We call upon you. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. And some who have lost creativity. The creative flow of your life has been diminished. Has, has weakened. Has waned. For some it even seems that it's not there. The creativity of your life will return in your connection and deep devotion and fellowship with the Lord. For He is a creative God. And He is the creator in you. And once you draw near and once you come close to His heart and spend time, these things will be revived. These things will be awakened once again. And you will begin to create. You will begin to see and know and imagine and your thoughts and your desires will be will be divinely inspired they'll come from heaven it'll be natural once again and great joy will surround you and great peace will satisfy you as you enter back into that creative flow for God the creator longs to work in you and work through you and work in your life hallelujah ha 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 Oh, And for some, problems. Problems have crept in. Problems, insurmountable. Problems that are quite annoying and quite troublesome have entered into your life. And, and you don't know why it's happened. Well, the doorway has been in your, in your absence of time spent with Him. That absence has created a void for other worldly things and problems to come in and exist in your life. But the moment you turn around, you will start to shove those things out. And it will seem as if it's effortless. It will seem as I didn't even hardly try. And those problems have gone away. And now you know why. It's because of God inside. It's because your love for Him has increased. It's because your desire for Him has increased and your fellowship with Him has left no place for the things of this world and the problems of this life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Master. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Great joy, great peace surround us in your presence. For all that you are and all that you have fills our life when we are with you, 
we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Can I be restored? Can things be the way they used to be? Can I get back to that place that once existed in my, in my life? Yes, you can. Call upon my name. Call upon me and I'll put you back. Call upon me and I'll restore what's been missing. I'll restore what's been lacking in your life over these months. I'll bring you back to a place that you've been before and you'll know that it was me and you'll know that it wasn't earned or deserved but by my grace I have filled you up once again and this is the life you were intended to live. A life full, full of my spirit, full of my presence, full of my joy full of my victory. So come on up. Come on back into this precious light, into this precious place. It's a place of fullness. It's a place of my grace. Hallelujah. 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 Great grace, great joy, great peace surround us in your presence. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, for drawing us back, back to a place where we are overwhelmed and we are satisfied. Satisfied. We don't want anything else. We don't need anything of this world. We're satisfied in you. Satisfied in you. Oh, so complete. So full. We don't need anything else satisfied in you. We delight ourselves in you, Lord, and you give us the desires of our hearts. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Great peace. Great peace for those whose minds are stayed upon thee. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. (laughs) We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you praise. We seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Seek first your kingdom, your ways, your truth, your plan. We draw nigh unto you, and you draw nigh unto us. Thank you for working in our lives today. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Father, for creative miracles now, in your presence. Not only the the creativity that flows from us, the creativity that flows to us from you. Divine, inspired, miraculous recreations in bodies, in lives, things that were missing, things that have been taken away, things that have been lost, things that have been broken, being restored tonight, being replaced tonight. Angels, do your deal. Angels of God, ministering spirits, bring the parts. Bring the, par- the body parts. Bring the things from heaven that have been lacking, that have been stolen, that have been lost. And bring them now, in Jesus' name, to the people of God. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Father, for signs and wonders and miracles for a demonstration of who you are. We draw close and we draw near to all your heart. We give you praise.
We give you praise. We magnify your name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working in this house tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We worship you. We honor you and adore you. Our hearts are moved, Lord, by your your presence. No one moves us like you do. No one can touch us like you do. No one can affect us like you do. We give way to you. We give place to you. You change our thoughts. You change our desires. You change us from the inside. Our desires are altered to match yours. Because whatever you say, that means much to us. We love you, Lord. We serve you today. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go ahead and, and let's, let's sing something. If you have something, go ahead. Others can come up as well. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Master. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Praise God. Father, we love you tonight. We adore you. All that we are, we lay it before you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. Lord, we commit our hearts and our ways and our lives to you. To have the door opened unto you always to have fellowship with you, Lord, at all times, every day of our lives, before everything else, above everything else, and in everything else that we do. We maintain the glow. We, con- we continue in that flow, that fellowship, that love relationship with you, Lord, above everything else. May it be alive. And may it thrive. And may the fire be lit. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We love you, Lord. We serve you with all of our hearts for all of our days. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is so good. Amen, amen. I speak two words over you tonight. I said them before, but I say it again. By the Spirit of the Lord, I speak the word creativity. Creativity in your mind, in your heart, in your life. Creative abilities from God flow in your life, in all that you do. I'm not just talking about for ministry. I'm not just talking about writing a worship song. I'm not just I'm talking about in your life, in your profession, in your in your business, in your family, in your on your vacation, in in all of your life. Your your closeness with the creator produces a creative flow in your life. You see answers. You see you have wisdom. You see solutions. There is life and color. It's not black and white. It's not bland. Amen. It's got salt and pepper on it. And crushed red pepper. 
It's the creative flow of God Almighty. And in that intimate relationship with the Lord, that's first, that's natural and it's normal for those things to flow out of you. Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And the other word is just fire. Fire. I speak fire in your relationship with Him. Fire and excitement. It's alive and it's well. It's hot. It's fervent in spirit. Glory to God. No more boring. No, no more bland. But a fire is flowing across the land. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a... Uh, you're familiar with Samson, a judge of Israel. God anointed him with special strength. And he was to deliver Israel from the Philistines who were attacking and giving, wrecking havoc in Israel's life. And one day in Samson's getting them back, uh, he found foxes. And he tied to, this is kind of gross to think about if you know the story. Nevertheless, it's in there for a reason. Took the foxes and he tied their tails together and he lit them up and sent them off into their fields to ruin their harvest, the enemy's harvest. Now, thank God in a new covenant now, we can, we're not going to burn anyone's harvest up, but how many know we are like the foxes set loose into the fields of harvest? And the Lord will often take us and put us together with people. Tie us up with someone else. And one fire, one, one person helps the other one. We run together. We stir each other up. We keep each other on task. But He connects us in relationships to go out and do great things for Him. Pay attention to those godly relationships. As two people are in love with Jesus daily. And there's a fire that burns in their hearts. Together they go and they do great things for Him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God is good. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in us tonight. We receive of these words from you. May Jesus be first place in our hearts at all times. Not just our theology about Him not our memorized practices, not our, our rituals, not our habits, but our love for Him. May it burn strong. We love you, Lord. What you say to us matters. What you say to us burns in our hearts. We seek to follow you and walk with you all the days of our lives. So we worship you with all our hearts we do. Oh, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. You guys got anything you need to do? Hallelujah. All right. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Praise God, that was worth it. Man, glad I finally was guilted into coming, huh? <laughs> praise God. 
Amen. Well, hey, listen, uh, tonight or this week is uh, Get Acquainted with Life Bible College Week. And so uh, we, we have a, an after party every Wednesday, a debrief of the move of the Spirit. Those of you who came to Get Acquainted last night, you already know about it. We'll see you there. And uh, if you're interested in, in Life Bible College and all and you want to know what that, that debrief is about, uh, meet us in the fusion room in a few minutes. And, uh, and we're going to have that over there in the fusion room um, right away. So you're welcome to come. It's not normally open to everyone, but it is tonight. If everyone comes, we don't have enough room. But uh, I'm assuming some of you don't want to. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll see you over there in a few minutes. For our tithes and offerings tonight, um, let's just pray over that. And we'll receive, uh, if our ushers could uh, do your famous door offering. And uh, if you're giving on your phone, you can do that uh, now or whenever you want. If you're giving in a physical bucket, put it in on the way out. And so we sure appreciate everyone's generosity and faithfulness to the Lord with their tithes and offerings. And we bless you financially. We call you blessed and increased. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for our tithes and offerings tonight. The abundance of your provision for our expansion, 2018 expansion paid in full. Thank you for every bill paid and every need met in everyone's house, everyone's life. Thank you. We operate in the creativity of heaven. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's for our offering. If you're new with us tonight, we're so glad you came. These are different every week, and we have a special gift for you we'd like to give to you in the lobby on the way out tonight. So please stop by and say hi if you're new with us at Life Church tonight. And some of you are already leaving uh, before I even say bye. So... Uh, you know, thanks. Uh, okay, see ya. Bye.